in the crucible with Christ. The important word we read here is with Christ. We all come into crucibles, of course, from time to time in our life. But it's important if you're in the crucible with Christ. Because then you still have hope. There's still something you can hope for. But otherwise, so we will have a close look at people in the Bible, how they managed to get through a crucible with Christ. So that we can get strength and surety and know what to do when we are in such a shadow of death. Grace be with you and peace from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. We study the theme in the crucible with Christ. Lesson 2. The crucibles that come. Our memory text for this week. Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you. But rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. First Peter chapter 4, verse 12 and 13. surprises. So Peter writes a sentence that is a surprise. In writing, dear friends, do not be surprised at the painful trial you are suffering as though something strange were happening to you. Do not be surprised. At a painful trial, I should not be surprised. So Peter, what, what are you going to write here? I am surprised because it's painful. And I ask myself, oh Lord, are you not with me? Don't you see that, that, that I am in, in painful trial? Why, why have you allowed the devil to... to Deal with me in such a way that I'm in the crucible. You're in the crucible with Christ. Peter reminds us to think about that. And he reminds us that Christ in his life was a partaker of sufferings. But when his glory is revealed, we may also be glad with exceeding joy. Peter's message is a real surprise. Because painful surprises, uh, we do not like it at any time in our life. But they come from time to time. Now, what, 
what if that notification reaches you that you're losing your job? You, you, you never thought about that. And you know, less income. And you know what will happen then. Or a medical test that gives you unexpected bad news. I'm sorry to tell you I've got cancer. How long? Oh, maybe five, six months. Make your testimony. Whew. Painful. Very painful. It's heat that comes into your life. And Peter says, do not be surprised. Get used to it. Crucibles of Satan. In the first letter of Peter, in chapter 5, verse 8, we read, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. The devil, walking around like a roaring lion. Have you ever seen a video about lions, how lions hunt the animals they have as their prey? It's interesting to know that there are male lions and female lions. And the male ones, so the leader of the herd, they Roar, like a real lion. And the flock over there, they heard the roaring and ran off in the opposite direction. But what did they not know? They're just in the opposite direction. Where, where they are <laughs> fleeing to, there are the, feet, the lioness waiting. The lionesses waiting. So they, they, they run towards their enemy. The lion just roars and they run away. So what do we learn about this roaring lion? Satan is a deceiver. He wants to deceive you. How? while roaring, and you run away. But there is not really a danger in roaring, but there is a danger in running away. So be careful and have a good look at God's words. How the devil wants to deceive you is a liar. He's the father of lies. So be aware of that. He wants to seduce you. To act in a certain way. That you react according to the roaring of the devil. And then you run. <laughs> Just to, to meet your enemy. So, therefore, Peter says, be sober. 
be vigilant. The devil is around, but you don't have to be afraid if you are with Jesus. If you grasp Jesus' hands, hmm, what can happen to you? You've got a strong protector within your reach. But if you go away, that you are alone, then you are really in trouble. So never let loose the hand of your Savior. Crucibles of Sin In the Epistle of Paul to the Romans, we read in chapter 1, verse 18, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Everything we do has a consequence. If we act and decide in a wise way, you know, blessing will follow. And if we act unwisely, a curse will follow. So it is not God who curses you. It's because of your false decision. And a decision is made because of your thoughts. And your thoughts, where do they come from? The films you have a close look at, the radio program you have listened to, the internet sites you have visited, all these they influence you. Therefore, it would be good for us to have daily, daily an hour with Jesus, reading his word. And here we read that everything we do has a consequence. Not God curses people. They <laughs> curse themselves by wrong decisions. And because everything has a consequence, when, when you act in a wrong way, unwisely, <laughs> you will be ruined. Your life will be ruined. So try to prepare yourself for wise decisions by reading God's word. Beforehand, not afterwards, when you discover, oh, now I have a problem. It's better to do it beforehand, so that you do not come in this troublesome situation. In Romans chapter 1, we read that people, because they have become vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. Verse 22 in chapter 1 in Paul's letter to the Romans. They became fools, but they thought they were wise, <laughs> but only wise in their eyes. 
they changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible men and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lusts of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. If you do not honor God, you will end up in homosexuality and other bad actions. Be sure about that. Crucibles of Purification In the book of the prophet Jeremiah, we read in chapter 9, verse 7, Therefore thus says the Lord of hosts, Behold, I will refine them and try them. For how shall I deal with the daughter of my people? In the book by Oswald Chambers, My Utmost for His Highest, there is the following wise sentence. If the Spirit of God brings to your mind a word of the Lord that hurts you, it's not that it is something you want to hear time and again and again and again, a word that hurts you, you can be sure that there is something in you that he wants to hurt to the point of its death. Hmm. There is something in you that should be killed. It should not only be something where you, you, you feel, I'm hurt. It hurts you and it is good. Here is a point where something has to be changed. The crucibles of purification. From time to time we come into crucibles that we are purified. If we go on reading here in Jeremiah 9, the next verse, it's written, Verse 10. Let's read verse 8 first. Their tongue is as an arrow shot out. An arrow, when it's shot, <laughs> so are the words, it speaks deceit. One speaks peaceably to his neighbor with his mouth, but in heart he lays his weight. Shall I not visit them for these things, says the Lord? Shall not my soul be avenged on such a nation as this? For the mountains will I take up a weeping and wailing, and for the habitations of the wilderness a lamentation, because they are burned up so that none can pass through them. Neither can man hear the voice of the cattle, both the fold of the heavens and the beast are flat. They are gone. And I will make Jerusalem heaps and the den of dragons. 
and I will make the cities of Judah desolate without an inhabitant. Why so? It's, it's God's people. Why? Why does God say such words through the prophets? He wants them to be in the crucible of purification, that in the end they reach the destination. Otherwise, they would not reach it. Crucibles of Maturity We read in the epistle of Paul to the Corinthians, the second one, in chapter 12, verse 7. Unless they should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan, to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. A very, very important verse. So a thorn in the flesh was given to me. So we, we can be sure that it hurts a thorn in the flesh. Whenever you touch this part of your body, it hurts a thorn in the flesh. Why so? And Paul came to the point to find out about it, that I am not exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations. He knew it, it would not be good that I'm so, so high up exalted by God's visions. And, and I look around, no other one has got such visions, but I have got it, so I'm proud, I'm better on, better off, and so on. And so he discovered maybe that's the reason. He had pain in his body. No wonder once they stoned him to death. And he was already surrounded by his friends who wanted to bury him. And then he opened his eyes and got up. And the next day, he walked. For a full day, he walked. After he had been stoned to death on the day before. That's Peter. Uh, that's Paul. Unbelievable. He wanted to go on bringing the gospel to the people. That's Paul. And this Paul had pain in his body. And in the end he found out, it's good that I have pain in the body. What? Yeah. That's what he found. He discovered. That's it. It's good for me. Otherwise, it would be not so good for me without pain. S sounds strange, doesn't it? But that's the truth. We need such experiences. We need it. They are crucibles of maturity. 
And we all want to be mature in the end, or don't we? Summary. There's a book by Auntie White, The Ministry of Healing. And there we read on page 471. He who reads the hearts of men, so our Creator, our God, he knows their characters better than they themselves know them. And when, when we look at our kids, we know their characters. The more you have, the better you know them. And kids are not all the same. They act in a different way because they all have different characters. And when I look at my five grandkids, three grandsons and, three, and two granddaughters, not two I like. <laughs> they are, they are, yeah, everyone is an individual and with a special character. And here we read that God knows our character better than we know them ourselves. And it's the same with my grandsons and granddaughters. I know their characters better than they know it by themselves. E even I as a person, a human person, God sees 1,000 times more. He sees that some have powers and susceptibilities which rightly directed, that's the point, rightly directed, might be used in the advancement of his work. In his providence, he brings these persons into different positions and varied circumstances that they may discover in their character the defects which have been concealed from their own knowledge. That they may discover in their character the defects. They, they would not have discovered them otherwise. He gives them opportunity to correct these defects. So it doesn't help you only to find out about the defects <laughs> if you do not correct them. Imagine electricity, a lamp doesn't burn, and no light is there. And then you try to find out. And if you have found the, the mistake, the failure, what is there, and you do not act according to this, nothing will happen. It, it, it won't be better. So the, the lamp will not shine in a bright light <laughs> just by finding out what's, what's, what's the problem. And the same it is with you. God gives us opportunity to correct these, these facts and to fit ourselves for his service. Often, he permits the fires of affliction. He permits. He could have prevented. But he permits the fires of affliction to assail them 
that they may be purified, these people. 